Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your host. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we're going to be recapping the 2018 movie, A Simple Favor, starring Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. On a scale of one to 10, how obsessed are you with this movie? 47. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with this movie. I can't believe that I haven't watched it before now. Mm-hmm. It's been on my list and I've just been like, no, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. Later is today, baby. Later is today. Later is today. I do want to prepare anyone listening because this movie, it goes to kind of weird places. It is a black comedy slash crime thriller. The movie starts us with Anna Kendrick's character, Stephanie, and she has a vlog. It's a mommy vlog. Stephanie is your quintessential Pinterest mom. And so Mm -hmm. when we see her, she is baking cookies and showing up at the school event. And all of the other parents are like, oh, my God, she makes us feel terrible about ourselves. Yeah, because she's volunteering to do everything. Basically, when there's a sign up list of 25 things that need to be done for a school event, she's signing up for 12. There is something about moms that have their shit together that really does personally offend me. (laughs) I bet you she knows where all of her spoons are. She knows where all of her spoons are. She never finds them in random places like behind the washer and dryer. Between the couch cushions. Underneath the bathroom sink. In a pillowcase. On the trampoline. Yeah. Anna Kendrick, obviously, you can imagine her energy because it's the same in every single movie. It's quirky, fun. Mostly awkward, charming in a way that makes you want to leave the room. Almost like too awkward to function. Right. (laughs) How are you still alive? (laughs) How haven't you tripped off a cliff? Stephanie's son is in the first grade and he's in the same class as Emily's son, Blake Lively. Hand to God, I don't think I know any other celebrity that has the effortless charm that Blake Lively does. I don't know what it is about her, man, but I'm both scared and obsessed with her. Not in like a creepy stalker way. I am obsessed with her in a creepy stalker way. And also, you know why? She is best friends with Taylor Swift. She is. In the creepiest way, if I could just take her face and wear it around, 100%, I would. Don't call the cops. It's just a hypothetical situation. But if I could do it, I would. You know, it's only a matter of a time before <laughs> somebody listens to this podcast and we get put on a list. <laughs> you think we're not already on a list just from our search histories from when we were writing novels? Oh, no. 10 out of 10. So Emily is the complete opposite mom of mm-hmm. Stephanie. Emily's kind of like a myth amongst the parents in this classroom. Right. Emily has a high-powered job. She's always dressed in like very expensive suits and high heels. And obviously she's gorgeous. Yes. She is always late to pick up her son and kind of just strolls in with her endlessly long legs and stunning blonde hair. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Am I am I sure I'm straight? I don't know. This is what's called bi-panic. <laughs> um, it's all right. It's normal. What's bi-panic? It's that minute where a quote straight woman sees another woman and is like, holy fuck, I'm attracted. And then you're like, am I bi? It's that (laughs) bi panic. But this particular day, Stephanie is walking out of the school with her son and with Emily's son also. Their sons are friends. Up pulls Blake Lively looking like she just walked off a runway. Her son, Nikki, is like, mommy, can we please have a play date? Emily is not interested. At first, she says no. She goes, mommy has a date with a cocktail of antidepressants. 
can relate. <laughs> then her son keeps begging and begging. And so finally, she's like, I'm not going to win this. Emily looks at Stephanie and goes, do you drink? Stephanie is so starstruck that Emily's even talking to her because Emily is the mom that never forgot herself. The mm-hmm. mom that still has all of her confidence, has her pre-baby body. That bitch. <laughs> How dare she? Call CPS immediately. <laughs> How dare she maintain a sense of self-identity and look hot while doing it? Right. Which honestly is every mom's fantasy. Dude, we have two conflicting fantasies as moms. One fantasy is that we are the absolute perfect mom that sacrifices everything for our kid, which is Stephanie. And on the Uh other hand, we also all have the fantasy of being this confident, self-assured woman whose identity exists outside of motherhood. We all want those two things, Mm -hmm. but they can't happen at the same time. No, they can't. You have to do one and then the other. You can do them both, just not at the same time. Yes. And so Emily eventually caves and she's like, fine, come over. Mm -hmm. Stephanie and her son go over to Emily and her son's house. Emily has only one kid, just like Stephanie. Mm -hmm. But Emily's house is huge and very sophisticated and kind of this art deco home. It is. It reminds me kind of of the Cullen's house. Yeah, it's like this person has a dark secret. Is she a vampire? Nobody can have a wall of windows and not have a dark secret. (laughs) You're trying too hard with all of these windows. You're trying Mm -hmm. too hard to act like you're not hiding deep, dark secrets. We're on to you. Yeah, absolutely. So the boys go upstairs to play. Emily starts making drinks, which are straight gin martinis. Even though Emily wasn't like jumping at the idea of having this play date, she's very Mm -hmm. welcoming to Stephanie. And not just that, Emily is immediately sprinkling tea all over the conversation. She talks about how her husband is a washed up writer, how she's house poor, like just literally first conversation they've ever had. And she's (laughs) like, let me show you what you're working with. Right. And she keeps calling her baby. I know. The confidence it takes to call someone baby and not sound condescending is unparalleled. Emily has this aura about her of mystery, but also openness, almost like she doesn't care about anything. It's like deadpan voice with a smile. Yes. Stephanie opens up a little bit to Emily and tells her how she's a widow. Her husband died in a car accident. Emily tells Stephanie that she is the breadwinner because her husband is a professor, doesn't make enough money to kind of support their luxurious lifestyle. And speak of the devil... Emily's husband walks in. Emily's husband, Sean, is played by Henry Golding. Henry Golding is Asian-American? Malaysian, so yeah. Oh, okay. Emily's husband has a British accent. His jaw could cut through steel. Mm-hmm. Um, his jaw could have been the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. <laughs> yes. It just seems unfair that he would be this tall, gorgeous Asian man and then also have a British accent. It's too much. It should not it- be allowed. No, just like the genetic lottery kind of blessed Blake Lively, the genetic lottery blessed Henry Golding. Right. But if Blake Lively had an accent, it would just be like immediately no, immediately no, this is too much. It would be suspicious. Emily and her husband just start making out in the kitchen. Well, what they're doing as they're making out with like all this extreme chemistry, they're taking these little shots at each other while making out. So it's like they're almost like hate kissing. Stephanie gets a little like uncomfy. I don't mean uncomfy. I want to leave. I mean, 
uncomfy, like I know I shouldn't be watching, but I am, and I'm going to continue to do so uncomfy. As Stephanie goes to leave that evening with her son, she tells Emily, if you ever need anybody to like pick up Nikki or if you're running late, just let me know. Right. You know, Emily is like, really? You do that for me? Mm-hmm. Emily is so intense. You could almost feel like Stephanie is like falling in love with Emily, you know, like same. I would as, as well. But there's something so dangerous about craving someone's validation mm-hmm. when you don't know their intentions. So Emily takes Stephanie up on her offer and asks her to pick up her son, Nikki, from mm-hmm. school. And Stephanie does. She takes Nikki and her own son, Miles, to the park. Yeah. So Emily comes up to the park. She's on the phone with her boss mm-hmm. wearing red leather gloves. Yes. <laughs> and Emily kind of gets scary for a second because Stephanie snaps a picture of her and Emily's whole demeanor changes. She's like, did you just take a picture of me? Delete it. Stephanie doesn't immediately delete it, which I think is rude. If someone says delete that picture of me, you should. But instead, Stephanie's like, oh, it's for the yearbook. You know, you look really good in it. And Emily says, delete it or I will slap an injunction on that yearbook. (laughs) Ooh, legal threats. Talk dirty to me. (laughs) So Stephanie deletes the picture and almost immediately Emily is back to being her relaxed, doesn't care about anything self. So that was, man, that that really was kind of scary the way she kind of switched back and forth. Yeah. If she was a man, it would be so much more terrifying. Right? I don't know. I'm pretty terrified. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it would be so much more terrifying if it was a man. And that's kind of the privilege of women. Our crazy isn't measured at the same level as men's crazy is. Mm -mm. We can get away with a lot more crazy than a man could. Oh, absolutely. Because men don't take women seriously. Right. It's like, oh, what is she going to do? Frame me for murder? No. No. (laughs) So they take the boys and they go back to Emily's house. And the boys are upstairs playing. Emily and Stephanie are on the couch and they're getting pretty, pretty lit. You know, they're getting a little tipsy. Because Emily is just feeding her martinis. Yeah. You could just see Stephanie's face just kind of blurring almost. Stephanie's trying so hard to keep up. (laughs) Yeah. And Stephanie makes a small comment about like, everyone's got a dark side. Emily calls Stephanie's bluff and says, okay, tell me the wildest thing you've ever done. (laughs) Stephanie is setting up like a three act structure play. Yeah. She talks about how at her dad's funeral, this guy shows up Mm -hmm. and he was the spitting image of her dad when he was younger And her mom was hugging him. And it turns out this dude was her half-brother. Right, that she didn't know about. Yeah, she didn't know about. And he stayed at their place that night. And she was making up the guest bed for him in the basement. And one thing led to another. And she ended up sleeping with her half-brother. That was so cringe. So many levels of cringe because not only is it her half-brother, but he's a spitting image of her father who just died. Like, girl, this is the type of stuff. Stuff that you need to unpack with a therapist, but you probably shouldn't even tell your therapist, to be honest. Don't tell your therapist. <laughs> even the best therapist is going to be like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're going to be like, I need to step in the hall for a minute. And they're going to go outside and be like, what the fuck? They're going to open up their WhatsApp with all the other therapists and be like, yo, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. And then Emily goes immediately to 
you brother fucker. Yeah, she starts calling her brother fucker. Emily is so amused by this. She thinks it's the funniest thing ever. And you could see that this is Stephanie's just deepest, darkest secret. She never planned on ever confessing to anyone. Listen, that was not the wildest thing you've ever done. That is something that should have gone to the grave with you, girl. Yeah, like wild thing. It's like I like ran around topless in Chicago. I got drunk and did cocaine off of a hooker's butthole once. Like that is the wild thing that you do. Okay, <laughs> Courtney, like- that's a lot. <laughs> listen i'm just saying like that's a wild thing you do like when you're confessing wild things you don't confess illegal stuff you'd never know when someone's wearing a wire pin that for later Emily and Stephanie kind of go on with their friendship and everything. Every time Stephanie like does something or says something kind of nice, Emily is like, oh, my God, you would do that for me. Mm -hmm. Like she made her a bracelet and she's like, this is the nicest thing anybody has ever done for me. It's hard to understand their friendship because they have nothing in common. Emily is going to eat her up and spit her out. Right. It does feel a little uneven, especially because, like I said, Stephanie is enamored by Emily. She wants to wear Emily's face. Not in a creepy way, but like in a loving way. Is there like a non-creepy way to wearing someone's face? Do tell. There's a dead body beside you that's missing a face. It, that would, That's not creepy. That's loving. No, it's like, I don't want to kill you to wear your face. I just want to like crawl inside your face for a second. Okay. We told you guys this was going to be a dark episode. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So Stephanie is going into school and Emily calls and says, hey, I had a work emergency. Sean is in London with his mom. Can you pick up Nikki? And of course, Stephanie immediately agrees. She picks up her son. And at first it's like, oh, it's so fun. We're having this play day, both of the boys. But then the day goes on and it's dinner time and it's after dinner time. Then it's bedtime. Stephanie cannot get a hold of Emily. She calls Emily's office and they're like, oh, she's in Miami. Oh, yeah. Emily is in Florida for two days. And Stephanie's like, what the hell? She didn't tell me I was watching her kid for two days. And then when the two days kind of comes and goes and Emily's still not back, she contacts Sean, the husband, and explain what was going on. And Sean's like, yeah, this sounds exactly like Emily. Right. He doesn't even sound concerned. He says, when Emily knows that Nick he's being taken care of she likes to disappear what What the fuck (laughs) oh man this is why you have to be careful befriending the wild mom right it's better to have friends that live two states away so they can't call you to pick up their kids i know like have i ever called you to pick up my kid no because it would take you 13 hours to get here i would totally pick up your kids though they would be like who are you (laughs) they wouldn't get in the car with you 10 out of 10 they'd be like my mom told us not to trust strangers especially strangers with nose piercings my mom said that white girls with nose rings and tattoos are witches and we shouldn't trust them (laughs) my kids would 10 out of 10 get in your car they'd be like you got snacks But Sean comes back. They actually wait like a day just to kind of like feel things out. And then they call the cops. Yeah, it's so weird to me that when Sean gets back from London, they still wait a whole day before calling the police. Immediately, the cops, like most cops, are like, hey, hubby, what was going on? Yes. So the police are kind of inferring. They're like, when women leave, it's for a reason. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But the thing is, Emily doesn't have siblings. She doesn't have a family. And so the police says, okay, we will file a missing person report. Yeah. You can tell Sean has never spent any real extended period of time alone with his kid because Stephanie's sort of like filling in Mm -hmm. as like interim mom slash wife. She's making dinner. She's bathing kids. She's putting them to bed. Right. Which honestly, it's it's what any friend would do. If your friend goes missing, there's still a child that needs to be taken care of. And what are you going to do? Not do it. You know, the cops are coming and they're asking a whole bunch of questions. They think Sean knows more than he's telling. Yeah, they're definitely looking into Sean, obviously. Also, Stephanie has a YouTube channel where she usually talks about recipes and stuff. Mm -hmm. But in this case, Stephanie is using her platform to spread awareness that her friend is missing. So after she tells her audience that her friend is missing, the next time Mm -hmm. she checks in, she has to clarify like, hey, a lot of you think maybe the husband is involved. Like, listen, he was in London. He, Mm -hmm. you know, he would never do anything like this. Can you imagine, though, you were just Googling like a beef stew recipe and you came across an entire ass true crime mystery? It's my fucking dream. It is a dream. I would be so happy. (laughs) You're sauteing the beef and getting the tea on what's happening with Mm -hmm. the case get out of here so stephanie goes to emily's workplace to try to get some additional information stephanie breaks into emily's office and she finds an envelope with a picture it's an old kind of grainy picture of emily but she looks kind of rough kind of the way we all did in the early 2000s -hmm. you know the eyebrows were thin the makeup was cakey it was definitely it looked like she had been on a bender yeah right it almost looked like a mugshot a little bit but it wasn't a mugshot Stephanie takes this horrendous picture of Emily, makes a million copies with the words, have you seen me? And then her phone number and plasters it all over town. Can you imagine someone taking Mm -hmm. the ugliest picture of you they can find and using it for your missing poster? Well, here's the thing. You want to use the ugliest picture because the cute pictures, they're going to be like, no, not her. No, just let me go missing. (laughs) (laughs) Just let me die with my filtered pictures. (laughs) Just just let the world remember me cute. No, that's fair. That's a that's a valid life choice. <laughs> Stephanie is keeping all of her viewers up to date on things and asking for tips. And she gets one that goes along with information that the police had already had. Right. One of Stephanie's viewers says that she spotted a woman who looked just like Emily in Michigan. And the police tell Sean Emily rented a car with mm-hmm. cash. So kind of under, the, you know, trying to stay off the radar. They found a car that matches the description of the car that Emily rented in a lake in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Shortly after finding the car in the lake, the police find a body and Sean has to go down there and identify it. Mm -hmm. The body is confirmed to be Emily. They even did a DNA test against her son. Right. At this point, Sean, the husband and Stephanie are kind of trying to accept that Emily is gone and they're trying to sort of also take care of Nikki, who just lost his mom. Right. And Nikki's having a hard time, obviously, as any kid would if their mom died. He's throwing tantrums and all this stuff. But Stephanie's being so kind and understanding. And Mm -hmm. she's also being there for Sean uh, a little too much, one might say. Listen. At this point, Emily has been missing for what? Maybe two weeks tops? Probably less than that, but we'll give 
two weeks. The night after the funeral, one just like with her brother, one thing leads to another. And Stephanie sleeps with Emily's husband. Technically, it's not cheating because Emily is dead, but I still don't like it. I feel like he has not cried enough. If my best friend slept with my husband the night of my funeral when I've only been missing for like two weeks, it's not like she was missing for years. You know, that's one thing. Right. Two weeks tops. Emily has been missing, then confirmed dead, and then a funeral. And you're going to sleep with my husband? Right. No, I I hope that your car catches on fire. There is a level of breakdown that I would demand before my husband moves on. I want to see the ugly cry phase. I want everyone to witness him collapsing in line at Kroger, just sobbing because he saw mm-hmm. a magazine cover of Jennifer Lopez and it reminded him of me. <laughs> right? <laughs> No, listen, there is a time and a place to have sex with your best friend's husband after she passes away, and that's in hell. Yeah, no, agreed. Stephanie is kind of making herself more and more comfortable in Emily's Mm -hmm. house. She's probably feeling guilty because she goes over and takes down a painting of Emily, which is such a graphic painting that Emily just casually had displayed in the middle of her living room. Yeah, it's a painting that looks like somebody is between Emily's legs with the camera facing upwards because the biggest part of the painting is just full bush and then pointy hips and then nips. Right. And then a little bit of her face up top. As Stephanie's sort of making herself more comfortable in Emily's home, a cop comes over. It's the detective. Yeah. So the detective is investigating Emily's death and he comes over. The detective tells Stephanie, Emily's autopsy report revealed, obviously she drowned, but she had liver damage from being a heavy drinker. And Mm -hmm. Stephanie's like, yeah, that checks out. But surprisingly, she also had an insane amount of heroin in her system. Yeah, they said that there are track marks on her arms between her toes. And this really surprises Stephanie. She's like, Mm -hmm. no, I knew she was a drinker, but heroin? The detective even asks her, was she depressed? And Stephanie says no. And I have to say, just because someone is going around smiling doesn't mean they're not depressed. Well, you know, and also at the beginning, Emily straight up said she was going home to take a cocktail of antidepressants. So Stephanie says, no, she wasn't depressed. She loved her life. And she knows this is a lie. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. And then the officer asks about marital problems between Sean and Emily. Which Stephanie knows there are problems and she knows what they're about. But instead, she's like, oh, just like general problems, you know, about money. And the detective tells Stephanie that Sean recently took out a four million dollar life insurance policy on Emily. I mean, smoking gun, right? (laughs) Right. And Stephanie's taken aback. She's like, what? And now I think Stephanie's kind of like, did Sean do something to her? This definitely plants the seed of doubt. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Sean was in London. Stephanie's like, what? So you think he hired some hitman to kill his wife? And the detective was like, whoa, I didn't say anything about a hitman, but you just did. <laughs> yes. And you can also tell that the officer finds it kind of sus that... Stephanie's just basically living at Emily's house with her husband and kids. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know what? I got to be for real, for real. It looks suspicious. Then at dinner, Nikki says how he saw his mom today and he's having a really good day. The dad at first is like, hey, buddy, you know, we all miss your mom. You know, you didn't actually see her, though. And he's like, no, I did. He's like, she hugged me. I, I saw her. They're actually getting kind of mad at Nikki for insisting that he saw his mother. They're so creeped out. But that night when Stephanie puts Nikki to bed, he smells like Emily's perfume. Stephanie feels like she's being haunted by Emily. And honestly, it's probably her conscience. Also, not just the perfume, the friendship bracelet Stephanie made for Emily is conveniently placed on the nightstand next to Nikki's bed. Right. Stephanie tries to tell Sean her suspicions like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he did see her. And Sean is like, we buried her. We saw her. We yes. saw her. You know, it was her. Stephanie is sort of confessing to Sean, like, Emily is all over this house, like her perfume, her stuff. Like, I am surrounded by her. Right. Everywhere here. And then Sean basically says, with Emily, I never slept. Like, I was always on edge. But with you, like, I feel so at ease and comfortable. I call bullshit on a man who is attracted to crazy suddenly deciding that he is attracted to normal. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, but also, like, your wife just died. Yeah. And then he says that he loves her. Like, this is gross. He does. He tells her he loves her, and he asks her to move in with him. That afternoon, when Stephanie goes and picks up the boys from school, Nikki says, I saw my mom again today. She told me to give this to you, Stephanie. And he hands her a little manila envelope. Yeah, there's a picture in it of Stephanie and her dad and her mom and her brother. There's a circle around Stephanie's face and Stephanie's brother's face. And up top, it says, brother fucker. Yes. And then Stephanie gets a phone call from Emily. Emily is still alive somehow. Yeah. She's like, are you making yourself at home at my house? Nice blouse. I would leave the country. Oh, no, absolutely not. I, I'm done. I don't know what's scarier, a ghost that's pissed that you are screwing their husband or a live crazy person that's pissed at you for screwing their husband. I don't know. I would rather the ghost. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Part of me is like absolutely the ghost. And then the other part of me is like, no, the real person. I don't know. They're both terrifying options. Stephanie confronts Sean and says, Emily called me and Sean is like, hey, sweetie, listen, I know some really good psychiatrists, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe take a Xanax. Like he's gaslighting her. He's telling her she is crazy. But to be fair, at this point, he probably thinks she is. Right. He probably does think she's crazy. Stephanie decides, you know what? No, she ends up going to the city. She goes to New York with the painting, and she returns it to the painter. She has no way of kind of digging into Emily's past except for that painting. That painting is the only thing that she knows Mm -hmm. of that is connected to Emily's past. She finds the painter. The painter is this other crazy lady who was completely obsessed with Emily to the point where she drove her career into the ground. But this painter does not know Emily by the name Emily. She knows her by the name Claudia. Obviously, red flag, Emily has gone by different names. Mm -hmm. She also calls Emily a con artist. Stephanie asks the artist, what else do you know about her? And the artist has a milk crate full of just stuff Emily had left at her apartment. Yes, there is a sweatshirt that apparently is from Emily's childhood. And Mm -hmm. printed on it is the name of a camp. 
And that camp just happens to be right next to the lake where the body was found. It's a Bible camp. (laughs) It's a Bible camp, right? Stephanie leaves a message for Sean and basically says, I need a break. You're right. I was overreacting. I need to take a breather. I'll be back in a couple of days. Um, I have somebody looking after the boys. What Stephanie does, because she's straight up private investigator mode right now. It's almost like a montage of her private investigating, which is, God, I wish I had the energy to do that. I just don't have the attention span, you know, like I start, right. like I want to go down a rabbit hole of finding truth, but then I just, I'm like, this is hard. And I just, you know, click off and do something yeah. else. <laughs> so Stephanie goes to the Bible camp and she asks to see your books and she finds a picture in there that has two Emilys, two very young Emilys. Right. She finds a picture of these blonde twins and she, you know, it all clicks. Obviously, the body that they found was identified as Emily because Mm -hmm. Emily has an identical twin that no one knew about. Yes. This is so Spanish telenovela, by the way. (laughs) There's always like like a secret. (laughs) There's always like a secret identical twin. It's awesome. Have you checked your birth certificate to make sure it's just you? Well, it wouldn't be on your birth certificate, would it? I think there might be like a spot on there that identifies it as a twin. It says secret twin. I don't know. I'll look into it. It would be hilarious because no one ever really reads their birth certificate. They just kind of give it to people for, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever they need it. It would be hilarious if our birth certificate has like tea on it, if it has like secrets. Secret twin, baby of affair. After Stephanie leaves the Bible camp, now knowing that there was a twin. And w- and having the name. She has the mm-hmm. name, too. Their names were Hope and Faith. Stephanie does some digging, and she finds the mom of the twins. She does. And so she goes to the house. She has to come up with a lie to get into the house. She goes snooping all over their house. She doesn't really find anything, but she sits down with the mom pretending to be a cleaning lady. And she asks her about her twin daughters. And the mom is basically like, oh, that girl, Faith, she was, you know, she was a devil. Yeah. She's like, some kids are just born rotten. Mm -hmm. And it took me a minute to realize like which one was Faith and which one was Hope. Right. So I think the implication is that the dead one is Faith Mm -hmm. because Stephanie shows the mom the picture that she found Mm -hmm. in Emily's office and the mom is like oh yeah that's Faith she needs an exorcism like the mom Mm -hmm. is so mean like I know sometimes moms like drag their kids but man Mm -hmm. she was harsh that mom was harsh she was harsh and they live in this huge house but half of it's been burned down The mom kind of says there's an arson investigation and implies that it was her two twin daughters. Stephanie finds confirmation of this. She goes to Mm -hmm. the library. Another thing I've always wanted to do. I kind of thought when I was watching this, like, man, I need a reason to go to the library and go look up old archived newspapers. There's just something so cool about that. She found a newspaper article about the fire in the home, which actually killed the twin girl's father. Mm-hmm. And then the twin girls went missing. Emily actually shows up at a fake lunch meeting that she set with her husband. Sean looks annoyed that Emily mm-hmm. is alive. He doesn't even look surprised. And it's wild yeah. to me because Sean doesn't know that Emily has a twin. He doesn't know. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, having seen her body and buried her and having her come up to him in a restaurant, he's not shocked. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, not this again. I, you crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she pulls out a gun at the table and starts grilling him. She's like, do you love her? And of course, she has a gun on him. Right. So he's like, no, of course not. He's like, absolutely not. Love who? Love her? No. I don't no. even know her name. <laughs> who is she? <laughs> yeah. And then... Emily, like, straight up gaslights Sean. And she's like, what? It was the insurance fraud. It was your idea. Emily makes it very clear that if Sean doesn't go along with her plan, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, her plan is to collect the life insurance policy and then both of them getting away with their son. You either go along with me on this or I'm taking you down and saying it's your idea. And so obviously Sean is super flustered about this. He's like, holy shit. Stephanie returns from her little trip and her prime suspect right now is Sean and Emily are in on this together. She doesn't know what to think at this point. And so Stephanie does what she does best and she organizes a meeting with the Mm -hmm. insurance representative. Yeah. And what Stephanie really just did was she just threw a whole wrench in the plan to get the insurance money because unless they can find this twin until they can prove that it was actually Emily, no one's paying anything. Right. At this point, Stephanie is using her platform in her YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and she sends an incognito message to Emily. She does it in a way to -hmm. where her followers don't catch on that she's talking to the real Emily. Yeah. Stephanie is like, I wanted to do something to honor Emily and there's nothing she loved more than a strong martini. Stephanie tells her audience, in reality, Mm -hmm. she's telling Emily what time she's going to be at the headstone and that she's going to bring two drinks to have a drink with Emily. Emily takes this message and knows to show up there. Mm -hmm. And it's so bizarre because the two just each grab a glass and they're just sipping martinis over Emily's grave. Mm -hmm. Emily tells Stephanie her version of kind of what went down. And then we get to see what actually went down. Emily paints her twin sister out to be kind of a sociopath, Mm -hmm. kind of like, hey, my sister was the one who wanted to set the fire and I just went along with it. Essentially, their dad used to be abusive. Mm -hmm. And so they killed their dad, but then they were outlaws. Everyone was looking for blonde twins, so they had to split up, but they had a plan to find each other again. Mm -hmm. The twin, the troubled twin, Faith, never showed up. And then Faith had found Emily. On Facebook. On Facebook (laughs) and sent her a picture, essentially like signaling they needed to meet up. And their meeting place was the Bible camp. The story that Emily tells is that her sister Faith was strung out on heroin and mm-hmm. try to blackmail her. Yeah. So the sister was essentially like, I need money and you're either going to give me money or I'm going to go to the police and tell them what we did and you're going to go down with me. Because the father died in that arson. So mm-hmm. that's a murder and there is no statute of limitations on murder. No. Emily starts to kind of come around to the idea of, okay, I'm going to have to give her money so she doesn't ruin my life. 
Yes, because the sister says, I have nothing to lose. And so Uh you could see how toxic she is where she's like, oh, you have this perfect life and I have this terrible life. No, you're going to give me money or I'm bringing Uh you down. So the sister, being a sociopath, just gets naked and runs and jumps in the river. I don't get jumping in foreign bodies of water, especially naked, like just raw dogging that plankton life. Is that how you get a yeast infection? 100%. Anyways, after a little bit of hazing from her sister, Emily decides to get naked and jump in the water also. Emily tells Faith, you are the only person that understood me. You are the only person I had. And then you abandoned me for what, like drugs and alcohol? You abandoned me. Faith says, oh, I'm so sorry. But she says it in that way where you know it's not genuine. She's not Mm -hmm. really apologizing. Yeah. And then they hug. Emily makes a split second decision to pull away from this hug and then proceed to drown her sister. Mm -hmm. Emily drowns her. Then she staged the whole car in the lake bang. Emily doesn't tell Stephanie that she killed her sister. She says that she left, and when she came back, her sister had drowned in the lake. Mm -hmm. Stephanie does not believe this. She's like, you killed her. She says, sister killer. And then Emily's like, brother fucker. Emily says that it was all Sean's idea, but Stephanie is still not believing it. And then Emily plays her a clip from when Emily went and ambushed Sean and had a gun on him. She plays Stephanie the clip of him basically being like, I don't love her. It's just sex. Right. Stephanie's like, okay, Emily, what do you want? What do you want out of this? And she says, I just want my kid. She's like, you can have Sean. And Stephanie's like, I don't fucking want Sean. (laughs) I don't want Sean. (laughs) They're just like hot potatoing Sean. Like, I don't want him. You keep him. No, you keep him. We get a little criminal montage of Stephanie and Emily scheming. So Stephanie is logging into Sean's computer in the middle of the night, planting files on his Mm -hmm. work server. And Emily is out in a field, throwing a wrench in the air and smiling as it falls to her face. What in the living hell? (laughs) Yeah. And then Emily just shows up bloody and beaten looking at the police station, essentially giving them the story that Sean orchestrated this whole elaborate scheme to get the insurance money and forced her to go along with it. And the evidence that they need to Mm -hmm. kind of corroborate Emily's story is conveniently on Sean's work server, which obviously Stephanie planted the night before. Mm -hmm. Sean gets arrested and walked like a criminal through the entire college campus. Right. His bail is set and Stephanie sees on the news that he was arrested. Yes. And the news says, you know, I mean, just imagine these people getting this tea on that food blog, right? Mm -hmm. So the news says, yeah, this crazy story. The wife is cooperating because at this point, Emily is also guilty of insurance fraud. She's cutting a deal with the police. And then... Sean gets out of jail on bail. He goes back to his house calling for Stephanie, but it's not Stephanie that's there. It's Emily. Emily is there wearing this beautiful big gown. Just, you know, if we didn't know that she was a creepy, weird sociopath, I would say she looks beautiful, but she actually just looks really creepy and Stefford wifey. She does. She looks like a super psycho sociopath. She basically kind of just sits there and taunts him like, Oh, you fucked my best friend. You don't get to be mad at me for trying to commit insurance fraud. 
the pettiness of Emily to sit there with a martini in her hand, just taunting Sean is just, I mean, the pettiness of it, I want to love, but it's also like, if this guy really has nothing to do with it, this Mm -hmm. is terrible. (laughs) Right? And then Stephanie shows up. Yes. Stephanie shows up at the house. She pulls out a gun. It's fair to say Stephanie has snapped Mm -hmm. because she has heard on the news that Sean was in on it this whole time Mm -hmm. and she's pissed. She's pointing this gun at them and she's like, you guys both use me, but you, Sean, you used me as a babysitter, as a cook, Mm -hmm. as, you know, a lover. Like, I kind of get it. You know, she was making him meals, probably Mm -hmm. doing his laundry. (laughs) She was doing everything for him. And she's like, you just used me. Like, you were in on it the whole time. And he's begging. He's saying, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. At first, when Emily sees the gun, she's unconcerned because I don't think she thinks Stephanie will really shoot Sean. I don't think she thinks Stephanie will use that gun at all. Right. And when Emily realizes that Stephanie is really kind of snapped and is going Mm -hmm. to shoot Sean, even Emily, as crazy as she is, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do this. Don't kill him. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, he's not worth it. Stephanie just kind of like you can see the switch flip a little bit more and she ends up shooting Sean. Sean drops to the ground immediately. Stephanie's like, oh my God, what did I do? She runs over. She's like, what do I do? Do Mm -hmm. I call the police? You know, he deserved it, right? He deserved it. This was all his idea. And Emily's like, no, I killed my sister. Like he didn't deserve this. Mm -hmm. But then almost immediately after this confession, Emily's face changes, almost like she has a realization. She starts laughing. She goes and she's like, all right, get up, jigs up. She goes and she kicks Sean in the side. And she's like, ugh, did you honestly think I would fall for that? That was some like really good acting. You think you're going to set me up? So Sean had some sort of time-released red stain on his shirt. Like, this was Mm -hmm. elaborate. I don't understand. Um, It was a whole production, obviously. And Emily says, you know what? I knew you were up to something when I found these microphones that the police hid all over my house. But, you know, I kind of believed you really were crazy when you were pointing that gun at him. Mm Mm-hmm. Stephanie goes, you did confess, though. She's like, yeah, well, I cut these microphones. Right. She's like, yeah, you don't have it on tape, so it doesn't count. This feels like such a moment of despair because Stephanie and Sean came up with this plan to Mm -hmm. corner Emily and get her to confess. And it like almost worked. But Emily is just too smart. And now she's even Mm -hmm. more smug than ever. She's really sipping this martini. Like, you guys are so beneath me. And she pulls a gun out of the fucking couch cushions. And she's like, well, obviously, like, I can't let you guys live now. You know, like, I have to get rid of you. Sean says, are you going to kill us? Emily very calmly responds, what else am I supposed to do? You know too much. And you guys are obviously going to try to frame me for something. So Mm -hmm. a murder-suicide is the only way to go. She points the gun at Sean. Sean says, you're not going to kill me. Emily says, I killed my father and my sister. You think I'm not going to kill you? And then she shoots him in the shoulder. She shoots him in the shoulder. And then she gets up and starts walking towards Stephanie. 
Emily's like, you were my best friend. Stephanie goes, oh, did you mean that? Because like, (laughs) I wasn't sure. You know, sometimes the vibes are weird. Emily goes, no, 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 it was real. It was real. We really were friends. She said, no, it was real. Like sometimes I felt it was me, you know, like maybe I was coming (laughs) on too strong. It's a super awkward moment where it's like, okay, but like I was your best friend, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when someone is about to murder you, but then they compliment Mm -hmm. your shirt and you're like, oh, thank you. Yes, I got this at Marshall's. Yeah, I got this at Ross Dress for less $3.99. You forget that you're being held up at gunpoint. Yeah. And being the awkward, quirky girl, Stephanie says, oh, you know, it would have been so cool if you would have like came on my blog, you know, you could have confessed to murder and it would have gotten me a million subscribers. Emily's like, well, it's too late for that now. And Stephanie goes, actually, you didn't know this was live streaming. And she points to a button on her sweater and she goes, they make nanny cams so tiny now. We're live right now. Everyone has just seen this whole thing. Girl, where do Mm -hmm. I subscribe to this blog? I want to subscribe to this blog. This is everything I ever wanted. The front row seat, the recipes. I just, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. Emily's been caught. You know, she tries Mm -hmm. to run away. She tries to run out the house. The cops come just in time. It's, It's over. It's over for Emily. They do a little montage at the end to give us some closure. We cut to six months later. Stephanie has over a million subscribers Mm -hmm. and she has changed the structure of her YouTube channel. She doesn't just Mm -hmm. do recipes now. She solves cold cases. Mm -hmm. And did you notice that she's living in Emily's house? I did not notice. (laughs) Yeah, she's living in Emily's house. We get after credit text, almost like this was a documentary. (laughs) Right. I had to look it up to see if it was based on a true story. Right. Because usually you only see the after credit text in kind of a documentary or like something based on a true story. Mm -hmm. But yes, that text tells us that Sean went on to write another book. But it also says that Stephanie is dating again. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really imply that her and Sean are still together. Oh, no. Sean lives somewhere else with Nikki. Okay, but she got to keep the house. That's weird. Maybe she bought the house. Like maybe Sean had to move and she bought the house with all of her new subscriber money. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Would you want to live in that house though? My God. I feel like the wall of windows is going to make you into a crazy person. Yeah, what came first? The house with walls of windows or the crazy person? And probably the house with the wall of windows. I think so too. I think the houses with walls of windows make people crazy. They do. You heard it here first, guys. It's that psychological trick of like, I'm being watched. Be normal. Be normal. What's normal? Why am I holding a knife? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you know what? Still, I kind of wished like maybe something's wrong with me. But I kind of wish that like Sean would have went to jail and then Stephanie and Emily could have just had this like <laughs> weird pseudo romantic tension filled relationship. You would frame an innocent man just so that you could be with Blake Lively. He slept with her best friend the night of her funeral when she had been missing for two weeks. He is not innocent. He, well, he's innocent, but he's trash. You could be innocent trash. It's possible. Okay, well, maybe not jail, but like, I don't know, pin it on someone else. I just kind of wish that Emily and Stephanie would have got together in the end. Well, that is a different kind of movie. It starts with bow chicka bow. <laughs> Listen, the sexual tension between Stephanie and Emily, you could literally cut it with a chainsaw. Well, that's the thing. Blake Lively has sexual chemistry with 
everyone. She had sexual chemistry with every single glass she was holding in her hand. She had sexual chemistry with the shoes she was wearing. Blake Lively is just... Sexual wa- chemistry. She is sexual chemistry. Listen, I don't disagree. I still <laughs> just wish they would have got together in the end. And if that means an innocent man had to go to prison, then so be it. So be it. <laughs> well, I'm sure their son will grow up to be perfectly normal. No, he's going to buy a house with a wall of windows. Like it's... <laughs> yes. It reminds me of home. And that's where our movie leaves us. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is bringing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.